Welcome back to the Training Model Podcast. This is episode number nine. Uh, I'm recording this on Monday at around 2 p.m. because I had a incredibly busy end of the week last week and I was a little bit behind on my work, but I endeavor to get this out every week. So if you're listening to this today, I do appreciate it. If you're here a little bit later in the week, I still appreciate that too. Thank you for checking it out. I would recommend going back to the start if you're new here um, because a lot of these conversations are contextual and we are just adding layers and layers onto uh, the topics that we have before I get into today's topic, which will be around programming and uh, a bit of a, uh, I guess a philosophy, but a little bit of a, uh, a strategy that we use here. And I recommend that you sort of adopt within your own coaching and your own uh, client management, which is that the idea of tinkering with programs, not overhauling them. But before we get there, um, I just want to recap my weekend because I think it was, uh, it was a fun one. And um, yeah. So Laura was, uh, had to go down to Apollo Bay for uh, the weekend. She had a, uh, an event on, her final event, before wrapping everything up and before we become parents, which will be happening in the next month or so, which is ridiculous. Um, a lot of people have been asking me whether or not I'm ready, uh, how I'm feeling about it. I'm incredibly stressed uh, about the whole situation and all the changes that are going to come from it. But I'm uh, also at the same time just as excited. So I think some of that stress might be excitement. Um, but I'm, I'm very keen. I'm looking forward to it. But that will all be happening over the next month or so if everything goes to plan, which is pretty crazy that I'm going to become a dad. I can't believe it. If you, yeah, I just honestly can't believe it. It's crazy. I feel like I'm not ready to be a dad, but that's all right. We work it out. Everyone else does. One of the things that I think uh, makes me feel better about the whole or make, makes me feel calmer about the whole situation is whenever I'm in a big crowd of people, so I, I quite often feel this. Is if I go to Chadston, that's one situation where I feel it, but also just like at the supermarket or if I'm just driving around and there's just a lot of cars and a lot of people is I look around at all those people and I just think that uh, all these people were kids at some stage and their parents worked it out. I'm sure some of them have some trauma and all of that sort of shit. But uh, for the most part, everybody's okay and living their life and doing their things. And it makes me feel a little bit easier. So um, that's just one thing that has been calming my nerves a little bit about it all. But yeah, back to the, the weekend. So I uh, had to drive Laura down to Apollo Bay. And I enjoy driving. So it wasn't too... Uh, I, I like that. I like long drives and driving along in windy roads and stuff down towards Apollo Bay. There's plenty of windy roads as, as we go through the Otways, I think it's called. And uh, I was there, down there for the weekend. So I didn't stay with Laura. I, I just got my own Airbnb. She was at her event and uh, I was able to just find a, an Airbnb for myself. And my plan was to record all of the all of the material for the new course because all the slides are done, everything's done. I just need to record it, do the rough edit. Uh, it's not a whole lot of editing process for those sort of videos, just trimming the start and the end and any any moments in the middle where I fucked up or repeated myself too much. But my plan was to record all of that on the Saturday. Uh, so I, hi I, I, I rented an Airbnb for the weekend and I purposely selected the Airbnb based on the dining room table so that I could fully set up my recording studio, my portable recording studio down there. Um, 
and have everything set up so that I had a very good working space. And uh, it was it was a good spot. Um, it was a little bit more expensive than I wanted to pay, but had to be done. Uh, and it was a good opportunity for me to get some work done. So I, I, I jumped on that and I got this great Airbnb, two bedroom place, walking distance to the pub so I can get a nice dinner. And I just got cracking with work on the Saturday and I ended up doing nearly a 12 hour day in total. Uh, but I only managed to record, uh, I think it was seven hours of, or seven and a half hours worth of content uh, because I significantly undershot how much content is in the next short course, which will be called Training Model. Um, it's my coaching foundations short course. Uh, and it drops on Monday. If you've been on the email list, you would have seen a couple of emails uh, related to that and the early bird offer, which is still running up until the uh, launch date, which will be on Monday the 11th. So there's about five or six more days for you to jump in if you're keen on saving $100. Uh, the early bird offer is $3.99, but the... Uh, total course once it's all up and running and, and the landing page is done and we're rolling, uh, which will be on from 11th onwards, is going to be $499. And my goal with both of those foundations short courses is it's, I think, if you can if you enjoy what I talk about, both from a business perspective and a training and coaching perspective, I do believe that those two short courses will give you the foundations of probably 80 to 90% of all of the things uh, that I think about both within business and uh, around the coaching and training and movement landscape as well. Um, it's, it's really the it, it's the crux of everything that I've ever done or since starting Strength Culture, but it's the crux of everything that I, I now move forward with and my evolution of understanding both for business and training. And I know that it's going to be incredibly value, valuable for the people that jump in uh, over the coming years because I do plan on having that stuff just set there. And then 2024, I can really get into some of my personal goals uh, with education and events and seminars and, and all of that sort of stuff because I'm, I've started to set myself some stretch goals again uh, for myself outside of the business, uh, outside of strength culture for the first time in what feels like a little while and I'm, I'm looking forward to th 2024 because quite frankly, 2023 has been a stressful uh, struggle. It's probably one of the hardest years I've ever had but uh, I've kept moving forward and I've, I've, I've done some work with myself and a psychologist and I feel like I'm starting to uh, really reap the rewards of, of all of that hard work that I did at the start of the year to try to improve my attitude to everything and my, my mental state and also just my, uh, my work ethic I think has also been upgraded a little bit uh, as a response to some of those improvements. So it was, a, it was a fun weekend down there, but I've undershot the total workload that I had. So I'm going to do the rest of the filming on Wednesday, and then I will be ready to have everything set for the Monday launch. So uh, if you're out there and you're keen on, on, on learning more about that stuff, simply just send me a DM and I could send you some more information. Uh, if you want to jump in the early bird offer, I'd recommend jumping on the email list or... Uh, if you're just keen to see everything once it starts rolling, it will launch on Monday the 11th, uh, so this Monday coming, uh, and you'll be able to check everything out from that. Uh yeah, I'm, I'm pretty keen for it. I'm excited for it. There's a lot of value in there. Uh, so th the way the course is structured is we have four main modules uh, in the same way that we do for business 
the business foundations course business 101 but four main modules the first one is an overview of my models and lenses that I use uh, to frame information and decision making within the coaching process uh, those three models are the BPS model which we've unpacked decently so far on the training model podcast we also have the constraints based model and I think there's probably going to be a podcast just discussing the constraints based model uh, as a standalone because I think a lot of people uh, they throw the word constraint around in the industry a lot and, and, and for the most part a lot of people just think about constraints from an exercise selection or execution standpoint using things like a heel wedge or a box or an anterior load or any of those sort of things and yes they are constraints but the idea of constraints flows significantly deeper than just the exercises and the way in which we coach and cue exercises uh, and select exercises it's a, it's a significantly deeper sort of well of influence when we actually discuss what constraints are on the system. Um, So there will probably be a a podcast at some point related to all of that sort of stuff. Uh, And then finally, the the third model is my top-down, bottoms-up model, which I've sort of adapted from some of the teachings from Mladen Jovanovic and his work with agile periodization and and sort of bottoms-up strategies within like athletic development settings. But I've kind of modified those teachings into my own sort of framework. Uh, The foundation is definitely the same uh, that Mladen talks about, but I've I've obviously, through my own experience and my own application of it, I think... uh, I think I have a, di- a slightly different lens on how I view top down and bottoms up sort of constraints within a system and management strategies for your clients and athletes. So they're the three main models that we discuss. Uh, we also have then we move into the movement model, which is all of the center of mass stuff, a lot of anatomy. Uh, so if you're keen on learning and diving deeper into anatomy and, and how the rib cage functions, how the pelvis moves, how the foot functions and moves under load and different loading strategies, uh, that would be in there as well. Breathing mechanics is also in there, which I know a lot of people are interested in learning uh, and I'll probably do some more breathing related um, application based stuff in 2024 I think I'll probably set up some kind of um, some kind of seminar or webinar to to better understand bracing and squat mechanics and all of that and, and the influence on the breathing system and, and, and breathing mechanics within all of that uh, it's, it's something that I have noted down as well so uh, and then finally, we get into programming. Uh, so programming principles, the variables of programming, how I recommend that you frame discussions around programming. Uh, and then finally, it's all of the coaching application-based stuff. So we go through uh, some coaching and queuing strategies for all the different things that we went through within mo- movement. Uh, and we also go through some programming, a case study, uh, and discuss some of those ideas around um, sort of framing programming and, and coaching management strategies. So pretty keen for it all to come out. Uh, it's going to be completely action-packed. If anybody was ever wanting to do my online mentorship, this is pretty much half of what that online mentorship was. The other half was the Business Foundation course. So now that I have, or now that I will have both of those courses up, uh, if you did miss out on my online mentorship that I was running over the last couple of years, uh, you can get all of that information and all of that content and all of that uh, learnings uh, within these two foundational courses. Uh, which I'm pretty keen for. So yeah, that's a little bit of a recap. Again, if you want the early bird offer, jump on the email list or simply shoot me a DM uh, and you can save yourself $100 uh, on the launch offer that starts on Monday. So one of the topics uh, that I wanted to, pretty much the only topic that I wanted to discuss this week, um, because obviously I was recording a whole bunch of stuff and it, it, it came up and I think it's an important 
lesson to learn or an important framework to think about when we think about programming. Um, and this is this whole idea of, uh, I believe that a program should be tinkered with over time uh, rather than completely overhauled. And I think a lot of this stuff uh, stems or a lot of the traditional way around training stems from like traditional periodization methods, uh, which have been challenged uh, a lot over the last few years, um, especially this idea of like block periodization where you set up a, you sort of pre-plan your 12 or 16 or 20 or your entire season, whatever it might be in the athletes. uh, And you sort of plan like four to six week blocks um, that roll and support sort of the training of one main quality over time. Uh, So the typical block periodization progression for something like a strength sport would be like a, an, an initial block of accumulation and, and uh, hypertrophy stimulus and all of that sort of stuff, which then eventually transitions to the next block of training, which would be like strength development and, and, and increasing the specificity around your movements and, and changing the way in which the program is structured to support strength. Sometimes this is called like an accumulation phase for your volume phase. And then it moves, it moves into like an intensification phase for your strength development work because you're intensifying the training stimulus stimulus. Um, And then finally, you would go into some sort of peaking block or some sort of realization block where you express the new levels of fitness, the new levels of performance within that third block of training. And then finally, you would go into like some kind of an off season or some kind of non-specific, some very generalized block of training after that. Uh, And that is a very typical periodization strategy um, that Uh, has been developed over many years and it definitely works. However, I think that there are ways in which we can update that process, especially when we start to think about uh, what is what actually good training revolves around, especially for natural clients and natural athletes. Um, And that is that the whole idea of like strength, hypertrophy, skill development would also be in there. All of those sort of stimulus and adaptations that we're looking for from a strength hypertrophy or skill development uh, outcomes, they actually overlap significantly more than we probably originally had thought, especially when those traditional periodization methods um, or, or strategies were were sort of like come to being. And I think this is one of the, the reasons why it's really important to kind of adopt a coaching philosophy. Uh, the way that I frame this is that your programming has certain biases within the overall programming structure and direction of training. However, we never really want to go through these incredibly aggressive flipping everything on their heads and, and, and changing all of the reps, sets, loads, volumes, all of the variables all at once as we transition from one block to the to another. If we have a long-term goal and a long-term direction with what we're trying to achieve within the programming setting and within the outcomes that we're looking for, we can actually begin uh, to refine that process. And this is one of the principles of programming that I educate around, which is phase potentiation. Um, We refine the process over time. However, we're never really setting like an aggressive long-term strategy in place. We know the direction that we're trying to head, um, but the path that we build to get to that final destination quite often needs to be adapted, needs to be modified, needs these bottoms-up strategies because life 
fundamentally just gets in the way. The human that you're dealing with will get in the way. Uh, and it's not even that they'll just get in the way. Sometimes they exceed expectations across training blocks, uh, which opens up new doors and, and new phases of, of, of progression that we can actually apply. So it's not always a negative when we think about these bottoms up strategies and these management frameworks. Sometimes they're positive and things are working better than expected or progressing faster than expected, um, which means we can sort of put the foot down a little bit more aggressively in the next sort of block or phase of training um, itself. So part of and that and that's the crux of one of the biggest sort of knocks against this these periodization models is that um, we can't really plan for the future of 12 weeks we can't really let alone we we don't even really know what's going to be happening next week or next session or the next day because the human in front of us is incredibly variable they're a, bi- a very complex biological being uh, that has many influences both inside and outside of the gym and the training program that can shape and affect the way in which they progress and adapt over time so we can't really plan too aggressively it's not that we then sort of like straw man that argument and just say oh well What's the point of having a plan? What's the point of having a program? What's the point of all of this sort of stuff if we're just sort of like seeing how things go? And I don't think that's the the best strategy. It's a terrible way to frame it. And the crux of that is because we always need a plan. We need a direction. We need to know what we're heading towards. It's just that the path in which we get there can and should be modifiable over time. Um and, and the top-down constraints of everything that we're trying to build and identify are... Uh, are important because they give training direction, but the bottoms up management strategies are also important because we're dealing with this human, we're dealing with life, we're dealing with this complex biological person. Um, so we need to meet somewhere in the middle of those bottoms up and top down sort of strategies when we're planning and, and direction. We can't have just a huge top down focus of planning and, and direction. And we also can't have just like this nihilistic, well, none of it matters. And what's the point of any of this structure and, and all of that sort of stuff from a true bottoms up strategy. We need uh, that meeting in the middle uh, for each individual person. And this is this idea of then tinkering with programs. And um, the final point that I want to talk about with this is that um, if we, so like let's just zoom in on one training block per se. Um, And if we zoom into one training block, let's say it's a a strength-based phase, we've got quite constrained exercise selections and rep ranges, uh, and we're working towards increasing strength over time. a strategy of programming that I wouldn't recommend doing is like a, a linearly progressive programming week on week on week. And the reason is it works really well for, for new people or uh, for people that have a lot of potential to generate and build strength o- o- like in the, in the shorter term. It doesn't always have to be a beginner. Sometimes it can just be somebody that's been uh, coming off a, a, a a big off season or some time out of the gym, maybe they've been on holiday or whatever it might be. Those people are more primed to seeing more consistent week on week progress. Um, but if you're dealing with people who are chasing performance, who train pretty consistently and they push themselves consistently and they're, they're sort of just stringing good training blocks together. Um, these, Week-on-week progressions, whether they be progressions in loads through a percentage-based strategy, whether or not they be progressions in rep ranges through like you do eights in week one, you do sixes in week two, you do fives, fours, threes, twos, and ones over the next four to six weeks. Um, Those rep ranges can also be adjusted and manipulated throughout these training blocks or this, this style of programming. You may also get volume 
progressions week on week where you start the, the block with two sets is like an intro week. Then you go to three sets, then you go three to four sets, then you go to four sets and then you go five sets over time. And in that one specific training block, we're, we're kind of increasing volume, maybe 20, 30, 40 or 50% uh, or even 100% if you're starting with two and, and ending up at four or five sets. Um, those linear progressions within a training block make the program itself a variable. And this is what I want you to try to understand from this like periodization, phase potentiation. Uh, the human is an in- incredibly complex sort of individual. Those week-on-week progressions, if you think about it like a wave, when we're creating the program sort of like a wave formatting where the, the program itself becomes a variable, uh, especially if you throw load selection in there as well. Um, and that variable program can actually... Sometimes, um, especially in in a in a situation where not a lot of lifestyle variables are constrained, maybe you've got someone who works a lot, it's stress, family, whatever it might be. But if that program is variable over time, especially week on week, it can sometimes disguise our understanding of what is actually benefiting the program and the adaptation over time. Um, and the reason is is because we can't create a stable human in front of us, a stable client. There's very few people out there that revolve their entire life and both in and outside the gym around their training process. They're definitely out there and and we can control more of the variables of life. Uh, But for the most part, with the majority of the people that you end up coaching and helping, you've probably got people who have quite varied day-to-day processes around training, around nutrition, around life and life stress. Um, and, and we can't really get away or avoid or, or control a lot of that variability within the human itself. Um, and as a result of having a varied program and a varied human and a variable human, we end up with these two waves that end up sort of moving and progressing over time. And it can be quite difficult to identify exactly what is working uh, within the program and and identifying some of that feedback strategy when both of these variables are happening so consistently over time. Yes, we will see progression in load selection and all of that sort of stuff, but we can't fine tune and lean into the the really positive qualities of training and, and the things that are really working within our strategy because we simply just don't have a good understanding of exactly what is working. The flip side to this and what I would recommend you do with programming uh, for varied humans and people that have a life outside of the gym is that we create more constant uh, progression week on week within our training blocks of the program. And we try to control the programming variable and minimize some of those ups and downs within the program itself so that the human can be what is adapting and evolving and and changing throughout the process of training. Rather than the program adjusting, it is the human that becomes the sole variable in the process and we can identify very quickly what is working, what's not working, what needs to change and then we tinker with that program over time. Um, And I think this is a much better process. So how might this look? 
This is probably going to look, we still might have an intro week or a deload week at the start of the block. Um, however, once we get into the true crux of the training block, we set all of our variables. We set our rep range that we're working within for that training block. We set our RPE selections as a constant. We set our volume landmarks as a constant. We try to control exercise selection as best as we can. We might have some variation within the exercises week on week, but for the most part, we're, we're hitting the same process over and over and over again. And with an RPE-based programming strategy and load selection strategy, that is what allows the slight fluctuations within a day-to-day or week-to-week process of the client themselves. And that is the expression of the variability of the human. And that expression within the RPE selections, which then flows into the load selections, will tell us quite quickly if the program that we've set and structured for this individual is actually productive uh, and that is because we have a we have a stable program and we should see the progression of the human in front of us rather than this fake progression that coaches seek and certain clients seek as well which is the the manipulation of training variables to allow load to progress over time which could be seen as a reduction in rep ranges so the client has to choose and select higher rep ranges or an increase in RPE across the training block which then pushes the client to select heavier and heavier loads or it could be a reduction in volume across the training block which again artificially increases the load selected all of those variables that change week on week are just artificially making progress seem like it's happening as opposed to a fixed program week on week and you just run that program until the until it stops working or until we need a deload or until the client gets bored uh, and we and that is when we begin to change those variables uh, because I think a lot of people miss progression within training because they are trying to artificially create progress within the within the program by creating these variable programs week on week so it's one of the main things that I talk about within the programming structure, and I thought it would just be a good discussion to have here on the podcast with everybody. So I would recommend uh, looking at your client programs and trying to see how can I control more of these variables and keep them consistent so that I can actually witness and observe the response to the training prescription from that individual that is meant to be the variable within training. And, and and that will probably help you identify the structures and strategies that work better for your clients. So hopefully that was helpful. Um, that's the end of today's podcast. Uh, again, if you're interested in the coaching course, uh, Early Bird, you can jump on the email list. I'll probably send two more emails out this week related to the Early Bird offer and maybe some of the content that's covered. Uh, and then finally, for uh, or you can just shoot me a DM and I can send you the link. And, uh, and then finally, uh, if you'd like to contribute to the podcast, you can fill out the form on the on the website or you can sh- simply shoot me a DM. Always looking for good topics to discuss and, and things to unpack from the community. So again, thank you very, very much for checking out the Training Model Podcast. Uh, if you could be so kind, please share it with somebody who you think might find value in this or on social media, tag me. It G's me up. It makes me want to continue and keep doing my things. So uh, help a brother out uh, and tag me and, and share share some of your lessons from the Training Model Podcast. But thank you very much. I will see you next week for episode number 10. Worth celebrating, I think. Bye.